Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil, and find out. Hi everybody, I'm Aaron Noonan. Welcome to the V8 Sleuth podcast powered by Timken, a world leader in engineered bearings and mechanical power transmission products and services. Now my guest this week on the podcast is none other than the reigning supercars champ, two-time champ, Scott McLaughlin. In part two on this podcast, we talk about a bunch of topics. We talk about the, the Volvo years with Gary Rogers Motorsport in those amazing S60 race cars that really helped Scotty make a name for himself. We talk about what it means to win Bathurst. It sounds like a really general question, but he gave us a, a great response. He talks us through that massive Gold Coast shunt from last year and what happened to some of the damaged bits. And he turns the tables to the pesky bugger and fires a couple of stats questions at me, which luckily I had the computer open so I could answer for him. Uh, Scotty tackles the National Motor Racing Museum couch racer questions and the Motor Focus top 10 shootout. Of course, the National Motor Racing Museum is reopen, open six days a week, every day, but Tuesday. Jump onto the museum's Bathurst website to check the full opening times and details. And of course, our friends at motorfocus.com.au, your place for online purchasing of model cars. And I've got a funny feeling from our chat, Scott McLaughlin might just have logged on in the last week or so because he is a fiend for the model cars, loves collecting. I chatted to Scotty earlier this week over a Zoom call in the lead up to uh, the Darwin Triple Crown. So here we go, buckle up. Time to start part two of Scott McLaughlin on the V8 Salute podcast powered by Tim Kidd. One of the things we get asked about heaps is the Volvo uh, S60 supercars and I think a lot of uh, supercar fans who are hardcore Holden or hardcore Ford still have a soft spot for those cars and, and that era. Uh, it's not that long ago. It makes it sound like it's ancient history, but it's most certainly not. What's your your everlasting memory of that Volvo program and driving those cars in what was a cool little part of your career? Just the, the, the environment, like the, the team, you know, the hard work to do it. There was, you know, engines coming from Sweden, um, the people that we met, from Sweden were just awesome people, really, really, really good people. Um, and then you had, you know, Krusty and everyone working on the car and the, the aero map um, at, at, at home. And so that was, that was really um, an awesome era. And then obviously when we had that amazing, you know, race at Adelaide with Jamie and stuff, you know, people still talk to me about that now. And it was just a, such a cool era in my life and, and something that I'll, I'll never forget. What, did you drive that the prototype version with the Chevy engine in it still? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yep. So I did. Uh, so I did some testing in twenty thirteen. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, and that was a a, a Holden VE shell, and that was started twenty thirteen. And then twenty fourteen, we had that shell as a Volvo, um, and I think yeah, and that was a Chevy engine for a little bit and we did all the aero testing at um, Winton, Phillip Island and then we didn't run the engine. I can't remember when we did but geez, when the engine came out that was so fast that engine. Oh, it was it was an absolute stormer. Absolute stormer. I, 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 t- I kid you not, the yeah. first test day we rolled out down at Eastern Creek, I was running at half throttle or three quarters throttle so I 
because I was catching like Tanda and people in like HRT wagons and I didn't want to like um, show that we had a heap of stuff and, and make it, make it uh, obvious. So it was just, but then obviously supercars saw it and they turned us down a little bit. <laughs> it's crazy. Did you, it's funny when I think of um, when the Merc came along, that was kind of the cue for Van Gisberg and want to get out of Stone Brothers or mm. other things going on, but it, it worked out at the same time. When you heard of, you've just come off your first rookie year, you've won a couple of races in a, a package that's pretty well platformed because other people are running VF Commodores. Did you embrace the whole Volvo thing and think this is new and different and we'll be different from everyone. So if it goes good, we'll be really good. Or did you think, Oh, this could derail me for a little while here. If this takes a while to get going. A bit of both. I, I actually signed a three year deal straight after the, you know, basically just before he actually announced it. And um, I signed a three year deal with Gary's. You no, know when you signed it. Well, I knew something was going on, but I didn't know that it was the Volvo thing. So he didn't tell me, but he was always pretty upfront. But then when it all happened, I was like, geez, I'm actually really excited by this. I think like we're going to be, like you said, we're going to be different to people. I'm young, like I'm 20 years old. I can really like just get the team around me and we can make a car that like is really like good and and that's what we ended up doing, you know, and I was in a cool stage of my life where I, I was able to spend a lot of time with the team and, and do a heap of stuff with them on the, in the background and, and, um, you know, figure out this car. And thankfully we rolled it out pretty quick. It was just a bit of reliability that really hurt us at the time. Um, but that was, yeah, I really, uh, from my side, I really embraced it and it was the best thing I did. Going back a little while, uh, when the Perth round was supposed to be on this year, Fox were running, a pile of old Barbagallo rounds and that 2014 uh, Barbagallo round that you won Volvo's first race in the championship, I think 28 years uh, at the time. Uh, I'd forgotten, I must admit, that I commentated it. I completely yeah. forgot that I even did it. Yeah, I remember. Where was Matt White? He was he was somewhere, eh? He was uh, sick or something. I can't remember. Um, yeah. It wasn't the Royal Wedding because he did that a few years earlier when yep. the fireball happened with Carl Reiner. Yeah. I think, think Matty, ah, you know what it is? Maddie had left to go to 10. Ah, okay. Yeah, like yeah. And Crompo was crooked that weekend with a really dodgy voice and he was struggling. So That's right, because Murph was doing some stuff too, wasn't he? Murph came Yeah, yeah we actually, on the Sunday, the race that Chaz won, I think we actually pulled Neil out of the commentary box 10 laps in because he lost about six cylinders in his voice and me and Murph jumped in with Scafey to... Jeez, I, lo- I love a good Crompo Grizzly voice. Yeah, they're some of the good good races. The 2014 Bathurst comes to mind too. But yeah, like that was that was a that was a cool weekend, Perth. We actually cracked a header in that race too. Um, that so we were lucky not to, or we're lucky just to continue to be as fast as we were. Um, and ironically, I did those headers, so it was my <laughs> fault. <laughs> yeah, stupid. Well, did they let you do headers ever again after that? No, no, they did. They just taught me how to do it properly. <laughs> Not shortcut. What uh, What was the race that got away? You won a few in your time in those Volvos, but what's the one that you left on the table? Oh, 2014 Bathurst. Um, that one that hurt a lot. Maybe 2016 as well, but probably more so 2014. Just because of we left a really good result there. We had such a fast car. Um and I just made a silly mistake by leaving room for Shane to pass me at the cutting. And I, I got up wide and, and then I, the mistake then I made was 
continually trying to like not giving up the position. I should have just gone, right, we've got 40 laps to go, 50 laps to go at Bathurst. It's a long time. Back out of it and get behind them. Then I ended up hitting the wall. That, oh, I've never, that, that sucked. 2016, that was, um, that, there, I mean, we were okay on fuel. If you look at what was going to go on later on with Rick crashing and stuff, we would have been fine. Um, but yeah, just, yeah, it is what it is. Mm. Bloody Bathurst, man. I, yeah. I hate that race so much, but I love it just as much. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably why when you won last year, that shot that sticks with me most is the one in the car looking back at you as you pull up through the garage, <laughs> out onto the pit lane to park up to get out of the car where you get that. That's the first moment where it looks like it hits you that you've won the race and what it means. And yeah. that's, feeling of that undercurrent of what you were just talking about, of how much it means, how hard it is, the times that haven't gone right in the past. It's like it all hit you in one moment right there and there. Yeah, 100%. I actually bent the steering wheel when I hit the <laughs> steering wheel. I had to change my steering wheel for Gold Coast. And then I bent it again at Gold Coast, unfortunately. But um, no, I, uh, yeah, it was that whole weekend is such an emotional roller coaster, and I can't wait to go there this this year like as a um like a, as a past winner you know instead of being like a oh he's got to win it or he's done everything but this it's like well this is cool we've done it so it's i'm looking forward to that feeling i was interested to ask you too and this only just sprung into my mind uh, normally i write everything out and get it prepared but occasionally the odd thing love it love it um i, I remember so vividly when rick kelling won his supercars championship at phillip island what happened that day has followed him for the last 14 odd years. And there's fans who just won't drop it, who um, probably let uh, the, the time sense cloud the history uh, of what really happened that day. There was a mistake made. There was a penalty given, which a lot of people forget. Obviously it was just that the championship was on the table in the last race of the season. So it was quite a highlighted thing. Mm. Would that be something that you might talk to Rick about down the track on how he's managed something that, for all the things he's done and won, that's one of those things that people it's sort of a label that is stuck to him that people will have a crack at him more so from the fan base than anyone else. Yeah. You reckon there's probably a, a means to have a, a chat with him about, because there's, I can see a relativity between mm. you and the Bathurst win last year as well. Yeah, no, I get that. And I'm prepared for what's going to probably um, always, you know, follow me or at least, you know, if I win another Bathurst or whatever, they're always going to be like, you know, or, or he's only one sort of one, but maybe, maybe two, you can go with that. And uh, it is what it is. I, I drove my heart out that, that last race, um, that last stint, there's so much time left to go. And, and I, you know, I was oblivious to it. I, I, I can't do much more than that. I, I had no idea what was going on or, you know, whatever. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's one of those deals where it's just, you just got to, um, it, it's always going it, to, I guess in some ways it is frustrating that you're always, people are going to say things and whatever, but I've been so used to that the last two or three years, you almost can't do anything right for some people. But uh, in regards to speaking to Rick, maybe I'll, you know, reach out. I've actually never really thought about it, but I, I, that's probably not a bad idea just to have a chat to him one of these days. But, you know, I, I you know, I'm, I, at my point of view, I've won that race and we won that race and it was, it was the best moment of my life. And I'm so proud that that, that so privileged that, that that period from when I won the race, like the last lap and the final lap and then the, the, the period of the party after and to the press conference, that was just so cool. One of the best days, nights of my life. Um, and 
it wasn't really until the media conference the day after where I realized, oh, wow, this is actually pretty full on. So, um, you know, I, I got, you know, a bit, bit overwhelmed then. Um, but I was so happy. I enjoyed the period of winning Bathurst for that little 24 hour period. We talked about it earlier, how your life's changed in probably the last four or five years. Uh, obviously, there's more scrutiny of everything you do and say. You've won championships now that you didn't have before, a Bathurst win, you're a married man, there's a lot happening and uh, you're constantly in the headlines. It's not like you can sneak around the shadows as a, a DVS driver or, or yeah. anything like that. Um, it's something I'd like to ask everyone who comes on our podcast who has won Bathurst. We like to get lots of Bathurst winners. <laughs> Yeah. For special obvious reasons. Qualification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, we, we yeah. <laughs> uh, how's your life changed as a direct result of winning the Bathurst 1000 or is it a bit too early to judge? No, no, it's it's changed. Um, a lot of people still, like the people talk to me about it. It's not necessarily my championship win now. They're like, oh, we watched that race at Bathurst. It was awesome last lap with Van Gears and or like, you know, all that sort of stuff, all that, that Red Bull driver or, um, you know, a lot of, people instead of classing me now as a championship winner more so i can announce I'm like oh and bathurst 1000 winner that that's like something that's really cool um but just having like the little peter brock trophy at home like that's forever changed it's forever changed our dining table or not a dining table our, our tv cabinet because it's always going to sit there no matter what, so i can always look at it um so it's uh yeah it's a you know i think garth was one of those i, I read in a documentary he always said that when you know, when you win Bathurst, you know, your life changes. And I, I, I certainly believe that. And then you went and watered up the Bathurst winning car a couple of weeks later. Mm. It wasn't my finest moment. It was big. At least if you're going to do it, do it properly. Yeah. Well, I hadn't had many t- shunts in my career noons. I've had a couple, but not, not, not massive ones. And, um, that was, yeah, 100 times the biggest shunt of my life. Um, yeah, as you know, it was just and it was just not needed from my, from my side, from Ludo's side. We didn't need to go out on green tires again. We were safely in the shootout. We were just basically practicing. We had a great car. We we're just practicing for the shootout. And um, yeah, I, I had a, <laughs> I threw it in turn one. I was so deep. Got through there. I'm like, this is good. This is good. And then I was I got through there so nice that I was so focused on turn three that I didn't even look at the the wall on the left. I just thought, oh, I, I've clipped that every session. I'll be right. I'll just clip 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 then i got concrete this time and just bang i didn't even get a t- chance to t- touch the brake it's just like boof and then i'm like lying down the road and i'm like that's big like this one, this one's big i haven't haven't had one like this before and yeah it was unbelievable when you parked on your side that is uh, a sign that it was big yeah i've never and i've never been upside down or on the side with my belts as well so that was all a new thing trying to climb out of the car and do all bits of peace and then Shane was there and it was pretty cool to see him and um, yeah it was, it was awesome well, not awesome it well, was, I was, say, it, was uh, it was awesome. average yeah yeah. And, yeah every lap in under a minute means every second matters Bosch Power Tools Perth Super Sprint May 17 to 19 book now at Tick Attack Supercars Unforgettable they are rebuilding that Bathurst winning chassis though, aren't they? I think they're mm-hmm. going to take the rear off it and um, going to basically make it brand new from the, the rear backwards. But otherwise, uh, they're going to put it all back together. Because did am I right in remembering that they, they pulled all the winning panels and all the bits off it from straight up to Bathurst pre-Gold Coast? Everything. Everything off, well, off the car. Basically, apart from the loom, I think. So um, everything was out of the car. Um, 
they've it's all in the storage at the moment and they're going to sort of put it, even the gearbox and stuff we haven't even run the gearbox so um it's a, a it's a pretty cool car it eventually will be um a part of history and even our fgx when we won the championship at um newcastle everything inside and on that car right now apart from the the panels because we redid them because i blew the rear guard off it when the championship um burnout uh that's exactly how it sat i wasn't even allowed my seat insert i had to do a whole new seat insert so that will go wherever it goes it will um be always be the same it's just roger's rules and that's one of the things i guess about uh that we love the history of the cars and quite often so many cars over time that have won things that matter get restored and the livery's right and the stickers look the same but of course the the parts within the car have been moved around over the you know, five years ten years yeah. whatever it is so judging by doing it that way uh, you're always going to know that that's the part that was in it at Bathurst in 2019 or that's the part that was in the the championship winner when Mr Penske does things right yeah. or when he does anything he does it big proper and large oh, he does and I think they actually I don't have to ask Ryan but I think they're going to put the bent steering wheel back in it and everything like the, the in the in the Bathurst thing so um that that, I'd love to own those two cars. I'll never get I will never be able to <laughs> but um maybe I might try and do a deal with Roger one day you never know. He might let you do a special demo lap when you're a retired legend. And you wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. That would be cool, though, wouldn't it? I like want maybe one day, like when I'm older, come back and drive around, and hopefully, maybe it's like one of those old cars that everyone looks at now. You know, it'd be pretty funny. Or they go, "Who's that crusty old bloke? Why is he?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah grey-headed, no hair, probably no hair going off my dad. I don't know. I'll, I'll see what happens. No, I mean we're we're doing this interview on Zoom, and I, I can see you, and it looks like the the, the head of hair is going okay at the moment. Oh no, I've, I've got plenty of hair, Noons. Don't you worry about me. I um, and I haven't had a haircut because I'm isolating at the same time, so I haven't been able to go out to the hair, hair the barber. Um, don't go doing any of those self uh, haircuts. It's probably no, not. Yeah. Trust me, not happening. You talked about the Peter Brock Trophy about being a pretty prized piece of memorabilia. Uh, what are you a bit of a hoarder of all your? suits and helmets and trophies and all your things from over the years or have you let some get away from sales or donations to auctions or what's your take on all that stuff uh i've let i don't have my techno suit um i've got every suit but that one and i i'm gave away i gave away I, I auctioned off my helmet my 2017 helmet um for the bushfires this year so that's going to be it's still with me at the moment but i'm delivering it to the guy in townsville uh when we go up there so yeah it's um i've got some pretty cool stuff uh part of our deal with roger we've got to give a helmet back um every year so i I get two or three maybe three helmets a year and then i can give i give one back to rp and i keep one for myself or one for my dad but the one that i won bathurst in that championship last year with is actually home in new zealand um we've always kept all my go-karts i've got my two state championship winning go-karts and seniors and juniors um uh, yeah, so it's um, it's, it's a pretty cool thing. You got to keep stuff, mate, because otherwise it gets too expensive to buy it back down the track. Yeah, I know, absolutely. No, I, I know. It, it's, look, I, I'm I'm very lucky to be able to be part of some history, and I'm I'm, I'm yeah, very privileged to be a part of all that sort of stuff. We'll get back to our chat in just a moment, but I wanted to quickly tell you about our good friends at Timken a world leader in engineered bearings and power transmission products and services. Now, you might know their name and recognise their logo, but did you know that you're probably relying on Timken products whenever you fly? 
Timken products have been used since the early days of experimental aircraft flights at the turn of the 20th century, right through to the huge superliners that take us around the world these days. In fact, when your next flight comes in to land, it's likely that its landing gear on the plane you're on contains Timken bearings. When a 500-tonne, yes, 500-tonne airplane touches down on the runway, all of that load is transmitted to the ground through the landing wheels. And when those wheels touch the tarmac, they accelerate from zero to over 280 kilometres per hour in less than a second and experience temperature changes from sub-zero up at 30,000 feet to extremely high heat under braking on the runway. Each year, Timken's vast experience sees more than 12,000 product designs on more than 400,000 active planes, adding up to 1 billion safe landings and allowing 3 billion passengers to reach their destinations. We'll bring you more cool facts about Timken in each episode of the V8's Loop podcast this year. Now, it's back to our chat. I know that this is uh, taking up a little bit of time, but we'll... Oh, you're good. We'll get through the National Motor Racing Museum Couch Racer questions where our V8 Sloop fans send in questions. I hope you're ready because this oh, might... I'm ready to go. This I'm might... hanging for these. Yeah, well, I hope you didn't read these on Facebook and get too prepared. No. Ooh, Shane Sawyer has got our first question. He's got the new ball and he's coming in from the round again. So get your bat up, get ready. <laughs> if you could pick any of your Penske teammates from around the world who you'd like to see in a wild card at Bathurst, who would they be? Um, probably willpower purely because he's done it before. If I was looking at it for me right now and the, 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 the rules that we have, yeah, will, if I wanted to see, um, just any drivers, it would probably be Juan Pablo at least, um, in like a wild card and with like, with a will or with a, um, Alio or someone, someone with some stature would be pretty cool. Someone that's going to get headlines. I think any of yeah, would... it'd be awesome just to see those those guys in the like Juan Pablo. I know has been, like always been keen on it and whatever, but yeah, one day, mate, one mm. day. Terry Lloyd Marsh, if you never got the spot you've got in supercars as a driver now, what would you be doing now if you weren't a supercars driver? Uh, most likely, I'd be a fabricator. I think because I, the whole reason I did a fabrication apprenticeship was so I could work in motorsport. Um, in some ways. So yeah, that would be um, probably what I'd be doing. Um, or I, I, I have a fascination for go-karts. So maybe I might run my own team or do something like that. I'd really like to do that one day. Scott McLaughlin racing. Is it a registered trademark? <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Well, my email is SM racing. So <laughs> yeah, I've got the halfway there. If you've got the email address, you just need the counting program. <laughs> yeah. uh, Josh Stewart, what did Roger not get you for your wedding? <laughs> no, this is a podcast thing. They're into me about what what did Roger not get me for my wedding? Uh, well, I found Carly, so let's say that. <laughs> so he didn't get me Carly. <laughs> uh, another one here from Scott Archer. Uh, 2017 Sydney, the pit lane speeding penalty. Um, what was the – I mean, I won't go through his full post because it's, it's quite a long one, but basically – uh, he thinks that the data from the team coupled with the TV vision showed that the limiter was engaged before the line, that there was probably going to be an appeal. Then all of a sudden there was a statement saying it's all okay and it's how it was. How did that all play out? Which, For those who don't remember, that there was a scenario in that last round in Newcastle 2017 where you got pinged for pit lane speeding. Mm. It was felt that that might have not been correct. Yeah, still to this day, you know when you speed and oh, I didn't speed, mate. I 
bloody sure of it. So that's a, it's a sting of that one. Um, there's got to be a time you didn't want to have a messy situation like the 2016 Bathurst, you know, with the the peels and the courts and all that sort of stuff. So it's just, I basically, it's not part of Roger's DNA and everyone's DNA to just go to win it on in a courtroom or whatever. Um, There's a lot of things that happened after that. um, Like the drive through with spin and Simona and all that sort of stuff. So there's so many other variables, but obviously we were put in that position because of that. But um, yeah, you just know when you when you're speeding and when you're not, and I definitely wasn't. It's going to be a good book when you finish your career, by the way, because <laughs> you're making some good chapters for us to get the uh, yeah later on, particularly all the things that you can't talk about now. <laughs> uh, Matt Bottrell, uh, this one relates to the Gold Coast shunt last year. It's actually an interesting one. What happened to your helmet after that? Does it become void of use? Has it been taken away because it was damaged? Can you keep it? What's happened to that one? No, so I had to, the only thing I had to replace was my Hans straps. So they stretch, they're designed to stretch. My helmet was approved. It was okay. Um, so I continued racing with that for the rest of the year. So, um, yeah, that, 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 that's what's happened. And like I said before, it's with my, my dad in New Zealand now. Cheaper way too than having to get a new helmet. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, trust me. All uh, over Morgan Weir just wants some clarification, Scotty. Um, how many chicken nuggets did fit into the V8 Supercar Champions Trophy? Can you remember the number? No, it was definitely four because I asked for two two twenty packs and they they put forty of two of them in there. Might be a couple more in there. I, I didn't really count them, and I probably wasn't in a state to count exactly. But I went with two twenties. No, no, no. You know how I party. You know how I party. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, did we ever find out how many chicken nuggets fit into the Peter Brock Trophy? <laughs> there was a few we put we put some in there um geez it makes a good long island iced tea as well i'll give you the tip <laughs> no, it's a, some terrible efforts from teams who've won bathurst in the last four or five years with what they've managed to do in that yeah i know i'm sure there's plenty of bad things in there but yeah it was a look we're um the the nuggets definitely got to run for sure nothing wrong with chicken nuggets mate oh man oh that's my go-to or, or barbecue sauce or tomato or something else nah, nah sweet and sour no, oh. sweet, yeah, it's sweet sour sauce, yeah. Well, we will never clash on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Matthew Davis, um, favourite livery you've had on any of the cars that you've raced in the main game over the years? You probably had a few one-off liveries along the mm. way, some retro stuff and bits. Of, I mean, the, the retro Volvo was pretty cool. Uh, you've had some retro DJR stuff. What's your, what's the, the favourite livery that sticks well, out? Probably hard to pick up. Yeah, let's go. Oh, I'll go. So 2013, so in the Holden, it was the Fujitsu uh, Bathurst car. It was a chrome one. Uh, then for my Volvo era, it was definitely the um, the retro 2016 livery that we did. That was awesome. And then the and the Sierra that we did in DJR. That was um, one of my favorites. Uh, I still, but I'll tell you what, I really like the car that we have now. I love how it's, the last three years we haven't changed it. It's just like become like the Penske car, Penske shell car. It's really cool. Oh, you've become so corporate now, mate. It's terrible. No, 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 I'm not I'm legit. I promise you. I promise you. <laughs> uh, I've got a feeling this is a loaded question from James Mooney. Have any of your multis ever gotten up? Apparently you're on donuts with your multis. at all. Well, I've got a segment called Scott's multi and, and, um, yeah, it's it hasn't it's donuts at the moment. Yep, still is donuts, but um, I certainly do a couple on the slide myself, and I'm going okay. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm in a bit of a rut at the moment. <laughs> have, have you ripped the name of that segment from Mixed Multis on the front bar? 
Oh, maybe we have. I don't know. Yeah, the, blame Hodgie, not me. Yeah, <laughs> I love that show. That's a great show, actually. I reckon I would sit and watch it with my wife every week and say, "How good would it be if we had a motor racing version of this?" Because it would be an excuse to delve into the archives of all old vision and come up with some. But the problem with us is we can't speak about our sport in a negative way, and now well, that's all I'm going to say. Now, <laughs> I know what you mean. We, I think. And, and I can talk about this, but and feel free to chime in where you feel like you can. Uh, particularly with AFL and, and living here in Melbourne, in the COVID capital of Australia, mm. um, the former footballers who proliferate the media, uh, they're willing to take the mickey out of themselves. They're willing to become caricatures of themselves. They're willing to do those things from an entertainment point of view, whether they're a caller or they're an analyst or they're a columnist or they're... Uh, you know, Shane Crawford, who, you know, plays the, the, the dunce occasionally on things here and there. Uh, as a sport in motor racing, we just can't bring ourselves to, to do it. And I think that's why it would never never work as much as it's a nice thing. Mm, no, it's, it, it, for, for me, it's frustrating because you're always a bit nervous about saying something that that you don't want to bring. Them, like Things are so fragile at the moment. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a touchy subject for many drivers. Uh, one day we'll get that's you. That'd be in the book. It's in the book. Okay. That, that, that'll be in the book. <laughs> book. I know a guy who does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get it. I'll call you one day. Yeah. <laughs> when you need photos and stats, you call me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Jason McDermott. I feel like this is another loaded question here. <laughs> is it true that the painter at Stone Brothers Racing called you Gary Glitter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because um, Jace, he's actually uh, on Todd Hazelwood's car. I don't know. He's at MSR now. But um, yeah, he, um, so a guy, um, Ringo, we called him. And he basically used to put glitter in everyone's hair. And he got, when I was the apprentice, he got me a um, hundred times, a lot of times. And they called me Gary Glitter. That was my nickname. But I got him good once because I went into his car and I turned the air on up all that sort of stuff, turned his car off, whatever. And I put it all in the air vents. So as soon as he cranked that car on, thing just fired out a heap of glitter. It was like a carton of glitter in his car. It was crazy. I'll, I'll never forget that moment. Uh, don't practical joke, a practical joke. Uh, yeah. Uh, I like that. That's good. I haven't heard that one anywhere before. Uh, Michael Gooch asks, do you collect models, model cars that is? If so, what ones have you got? Beside your own ones, what do you collect if you do? Um, NASCARs. I collect NASCARs. I've got a couple of signed uh, Jimmy Johnson's J- Jimmy Johnson models. Um, yeah, I don't have any. Oh no, I don't have anything else. No, no, just just basically um, that sort of stuff here. Yeah. NASCAR. What? Not much of your own, or a little bit. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I, I've got every car from from yeah. yeah I've got every car from before. Uh, I've even got my Super Tour. I got that made up by someone too so that's pretty cool so uh yeah it's a it's an awesome awesome thing i love i love it every year now the authentic guys they authentic collectibles are great people they they make the big 112s and i've got uh, a couple of those bad boys now the big ones are awesome and i think the bathurst winning and championship winning mustangs are not that far away too no so they aren't keep your eyes peeled for those uh do you have a mini challenge model from your two rounds of mini challenge no no no, i don't that or a former ford yeah, I know, I know. I, 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 and I want to do the IndyCar test model and everything. It'd be cool, oh, to, cool to do. Yes, definitely. Uh, we, we'd rather that you end up in the real IndyCar and then we can get your real IndyCar. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We we'll see. One, mate. We want the good one. 
notice I asked you about America. No, no, I'm surprised. I'm glad. I like that. I figure that every other person under the sun has asked you about that in the last six months. So and you were going to get the same question every other person under the sun gets. <laughs> I figure, why bother asking? Because yeah. that's kind of not our DNA here. We, we yeah. be- I could talk about the car and how it was, but no. that's about it. <laughs> I, I, I'm the chassis number two, but. Uh, yeah. uh, We've uh, nearly got to the end of our National Motor Racing Museum Couch Racer questions. One to come from Corey State. Uh, Corey's our resident ask a different type of question guy. Okay. Uh, usually it's food related, but today it's uh, beverage related. Yep. Uh, he says, after having a few celebratory drinks after a win or a championship, what is your best hangover cure? Oh, geez, that's a... You know what? I... I'm still young enough that I don't get hangovers. <laughs> like I get, I get the odd, I get the odd hangover, but um, no, nah, I'm a bandit for a massive Macca's feed. No, no, like I'll, I'll have a large Coke um, with like just a couple of cheeseburgers and all that sort of stuff and just rot in my room watching Netflix with Carly. It's awesome. And nuggets. Yeah. Nuggets. Yeah. What, what else? Barocca maybe, but yeah, that's about it. Gives you back your BB bounce. Yeah, something a- with sugar. Something with sugar. If I don't have sugar, I'm done. I probably have had too much sugar to get to that point of getting <laughs> needing a hangover, so probably don't need any more at that stage. Hey, just to finish off with Scotty, we will. Uh, you know your way around a top ten, and more recently, top fifteen. Yeah. Uh, here's one for you. Prior to this weekend's Darwin Triple Crown, you have been in forty nine supercar shootouts. Really? Jag one in Darwin. It is 50. 50. Raise the raise the bat. What about consecutive? Uh, you're going okay, but Cam Waters has got you covered at the moment. Does he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've missed one somewhere. Was it? I can't remember. But... Uh, well, Gold, no, Coast. Gold Coast. Gold Coast. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely destroyed. Uh, Damn it. I take that seriously, that stuff. I'm yeah, well, big on the odd stats. Well, Shane's got the record. He does. I know that, yeah. 35 or something crazy. You, you'd need to go for a long time to get anywhere near... Um, What's yeah. Cam up to now? Uh, I, I hate when you ask me these things. Yeah. <laughs> up in front of me, but stand by. You talk amongst yourselves, and I'll, <laughs> I'll bring it up for you. Uh, because I know you're a bandit for the old stats here and there. I know Love you're a stat. Well, uh, I think you're a bandit just because you're featuring on a lot of these lists now. <laughs> uh, most consecutive shootout appearances in championship history: Shane Van Gisbergen, thirty-five. Wow, that's impressive. 2012 Bathurst through to 2018 Adelaide. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a, pretty phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah. Um, second best streak, Craig Lowndes, 23 from 04 Sandown to 06 Darwin. Okay. Third on the list, S. McLaughlin. Really? 2014 Adelaide to 2017 Bathurst. Remember that we... Probably didn't have truckloads of shootouts in those years, probably five or six years. But we we're having a few mm. more this year because of uh, the top 15s and the like. But um, uh, you got we to missed sp- the shootout. Yeah, I, was... I, I reckon. Uh, I know why we're doing 15. It does feel a bit more airtime, but I think it diminishes mm. the um, achievement of, of making a shootout. Well, yeah, and we need to be. If we're going to do that, everyone needs to be on the same tire, which it frustrates me. I'm sorting that out. I think I think they're sorting that out, but yeah, the, on the weekend it just it takes all the. I, I knew I had pole when I qualified on eighth because I knew everyone else had you know two lap old tires coming at the end. You know, like it's 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 a it's a weird 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 situation. 
I'm with you. Uh, current best streak is Waters with 14. Good goal. Adelaide last year up to, to current. So yep. uh, he's made the last 14 in a row. Winkup's made the last 10 in a row. Anton's made the last seven in a row and you've made the last six in a row. Which obviously... you know, I'll tell you a stat. Yeah, there you go. I haven't missed the shootout at Bathurst as the main driver. You haven't? <laughs> I'm throwing stats at you here. I like when people try to outstat me because I was smashing them. That one is, I pride myself on that one every year at Bathurst. I probably get more nervous for a Bathurst qualifying when I don't need to be. But I think last year when it rained, I was like, no, like we've got a good car. I can just put this in the shootout. I'm going to continue the streak, but I, it's raining. Like I was like real nervous about it all, but we got in. It was nice. <laughs> well, I think every year bar the first year, you've qualified in the top five. So you yeah, were, okay. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know. First year, but yeah. you were provisionally, uh, so you were, you were second down the track. So you were, yeah, you were, you were eighth, uh, third, second, second, first, five, one slash excluded. Oh, yep. I know you did the time and I know True. You- no, no, no. I agree with that. Um, no, nah, we'll continue. That, 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 that's deleted. Sorry. Yeah, no, no. Don't even worry about it. I still made the shootout. <laughs> well, no, no, no. You did. Uh, uh, top 10 shootout. Bathurst average finish is 3.5. So, there you go. Uh, need to get better my average finish. Though. Yeah, you need to pick that up. It's mm. a little bit ordinary. But yep. uh, uh, as we sit here, mate, um, I know there's a, a lot of people who... Might not be Scotty Mac fans, but they um, are in wonderment of, of what you've been doing. 108 championship rounds now completed, 235 races. 47 of those races have been race wins. 92 of those have been podiums. So you're pretty much uh, at better at one every three races, which is staggering. Um, and 65 pole positions. And of course, you've been in the era where we've had a quality for every race, pretty much not like the old days where it was qualify once and, line up where you, you finished the previous race. So that, that you are keeping statisticians like me in business. Uh, we we love when, when guys do that. But to finish off with, uh, we got onto the shootouts. Let's finish off the Motor Focus Top 10 shootout. Uh, Motor Focus is your home of quality scale models, stocking all the big brands, much, much more. Visit their website, motorfocus.com.au. They're up your way in Queensland, Unit 9, Number one Stockwell place in Archerfield, Queensland. Uh, stockists of all sorts of model cars, including... Are they Queen- really? Yours, I, know that. Is, I reckon they've got a few NASCARs lurking around there, Dimitri. Okay. So if you want to add to that little collection of yours. Uh, right, I'll go check them out. They're not far. I'm in Brisbane, so that works out good. While you're camping in the Territory for a couple of weeks racing, you've got a bit of time to kill. So uh, jump on to motorfocus.com.au and buy yourself some NASCARs and they'll be there when you get home. Good home. All over it. All over it, Nunes. All right, I'm on it. So uh, top 10 shootout, it's basically word association. I say mm-hmm. something, you tell me the first thing that comes into your brain. Uh I need it in one word, but I'll let you have two or three. And okay. This is fun. I like it. I like it. All right. Roger Penske. Legend. And you can't use the same answer twice. Yep. They're the rules. Yep. Uh, Gary Rogers. Clown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ross Stone. A Hall of Famer. That's three words, but I'll let you have it. Yep. Uh, Puka Kaui. Home. Uh, New Zealand Super Tourist. Uh, inaugural, because I won the inaugural oh, championship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going with that? Uh, that's a real shame that that category didn't kick on. Yeah, absolutely. 
they had going there was was very smart, but um, just a bit of politics getting involved mm-hmm. in that one from my memory. Uh, I cannot believe we have gone a whole podcast and not talked about my favourite Hawthorne supporter from France, <laughs> based in the States these days. I'm bummed that he's not coming back to defend his crown, even though he wasn't going to be with you. Um, Alex Premer is going to be stuck in the States and add his name to that list of drivers who've been unable to, or for whatever reason, not return to defend their their Bathurst 1000 crown. What's the word? And don't say Frenchie. No, no, no. It's Hawthorne. If you asked me that, I would have said Hawthorne because he's, he's, he's a mad Hawthorne supporter. He doesn't even know AFL, but he's a mad Hawthorne supporter. I don't know. I don't know if he supports the Hawks. I yeah. I, you I, got him good. I, I, no, he was already there. I didn't do it to him. <laughs> oh, I, man. I got onto him about so the whole funny. I love that guy. He's, he's a legend. I got onto him about the whole football thing there, but he was already on the Hawthorne bandwagon because they were one of the top teams at the time. I think this is about 2012-ish when he was – coming mm. to drive the GRM, I didn't need to convert him. He was already there. Yeah. Uh, my, in 2013, Hawthorne are 20 points down at three-quarter time against Geelong in the prelim on a Friday night at the G. Me, Frenchie, and one of the boys from GRM are there at the G, lost our minds. Oh, they? that's oh. one of the best prelims ever. Oh, that was sensational. Yeah. I, yeah unbelievable. I remember that there was a Shannon's Nationals round that weekend at Phillip Island. I was working on the Kumo V8s, and I had to drive down that night after the game. I think my car floated all the way to the island. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, oh, right. Uh, four to go. Mm-hmm. Ryan Story. Genius. Evil genius? Mad genius? Yeah, Maybe. genius or nerd? One of the two. Like he's like, yeah. Or PhD. Genius, nerd, or PhD? One of the two. I'm sure One of three. <laughs> sure it's nothing that either of us haven't seen. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, Volvo S60. Uh, power. Had good engine. Good engine. Straight mm. line handling. Mm. Uh, Jack Rewalt. Sook. He <laughs> just, mate. I'm trying to get a podcast going on this bloke. So hard. But anyway. Uh, Maybe you could just sack him and get someone else. <laughs> yeah, but he's actually quite good. So, yeah. Yeah, and for God, uh, God knows why, he's actually got some followers down in Melbourne that tune in, so it helps. <laughs> he only brings uh, more than half your audience. Yeah, yeah exactly. More than, yeah. yeah You've got to have it. You've got to have it. Uh, last one in our Motor Focus Top 10 shootout, Nick Johnson. 17. That's nice, up. huh? Nice. <laughs> nice, nice way to round it out. Hey, mate, we'll let you go. Uh, all the best in Darwin this weekend. And for anyone who's listening to this podcast after Darwin's happened, you'll know how Scotty went. Right now, we don't know how he's going to go. <laughs> but, uh, uh, thanks for driving down memory lane with us. I know we've covered a few things that you've probably not thought about for a long time. And there's plenty of other things that we can cover off at another stage. So thanks for taking the time. Uh, thanks, Noons. We'll get that book going one day. For, that was fun. Appreciate it. <laughs> Well, there you go. Scott McLaughlin on the V8 Sleuth podcast. It was really good to sit down with Scotty uh, and have a good chat. Probably something we haven't done for a very, very long time. And I think he really enjoyed uh, talking about some topics that he just hasn't talked about or been asked about for a very long time. He's probably not even thought about half of the stuff that we chatted about too. So it was great to get some insight and have a chat with the reigning champ. Of course, don't forget our bookshop, bookshop.v8sleuth.com.au. It's the place to buy a whole pile of cool stuff, whether it be uh, motorsport DVDs, uh, our book range, uh, prints and posters, 
Uh, we do have a very small limited, if you're a Scott McLaughlin fan, a small limited number, I think about five or six left, of last year's 2019 Shell V-Power Racing Team official uh, annual. It's the book that documents the whole season from the team's point of view. If you're a fan, you need to grab yourself one because we've only got five or six of them left. It's a soft cover. Uh, it covers off a, a whole pile of stuff, lots of great imagery in there too. It's put together by the guys at Authentic Collectibles uh, who, of course, also do the model car range for DJR Team Penske. So jump on bookshop.v8salute.com.au to order that and plenty more. Thanks again, everybody, for all your feedback on the podcast. Tell your mates, get them to subscribe. Uh, you won't miss any of our episodes in the future. Of course, you should also stay in touch with us via social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You know where to find us if you don't get a friend to help you. Uh, and our newsletter. Sign up to our newsletter through the website. It'll give you um, the updates from us in terms of some of the latest stories on the website, some of the offers, some of the pre-order items that we're announcing with books and the like. Uh, Just quietly, there's one about to occur in the next little while that you'll read about on the website. Can't tell you much more. You'll have to check back to the website in upcoming days. In the meantime, though, thanks for joining us. This has been the V8 Salute Podcast powered by Timken. We'll chat again with you soon. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number 2, and oil, and find out.